Hello, welcome to Only God Rescued Me, my journey from satanic ritual abuse. I'm Lisa Meister, your host, and today I have a very special show for you with Mary DeMuth. She is a literary agent and author, a podcaster extraordinaire, an <laughs> artist, and you can find her at www.marydemuth.com, and you're really going to want to go there because she has the Pray Every Day podcast, and it is on there literally every day, and it is very encouraging. Welcome, Mary. Thanks so much, and that was a sweet introduction. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you because we are in now October, and as an SRA podcast, we have SRA survivors, but we also have people who have children still in SRA. Mm. We have parents, we have people that are learning about SRA. And this is a very difficult season, not just October. October is horrible because we're leading up to obviously Halloween, but we also have November, December, and January. <laughs> These four months are the most difficult months for survivors to get through. So enter Mary DeMuth. And <laughs> Why we need you is because I want you to bring your encouragement and the wealth of the scriptures and your understanding of God that you can show us who God is and the hope that he has for us. I think that's a great segue into just this idea of the the nature of God and his kindness and the way that he holds us even through very difficult stories. While I don't have that same story, I did have a horrific upbringing. And so I also deal with a lot of trauma from that, um, having been in a very unsafe home with a predator and a narcissist and um, drug abuse, which is often a gateway to all sorts of things, um, sexual abuse for a year of my life at five years old, death of a parent, um, several divorces in my family. And I did this as an only child. So I really bore the weight of all of that trauma by myself and thankfully met Jesus when I was 15 through the ministry of young life and um, was able to begin that healing journey at 15. I still kind of wish that when we meet Jesus, everything's like, poof, <laughs> everything's easy now and you're completely healed. But no, it's been this very long decades long journey of healing from all of that trauma. And I, I can say now that it's, it's very well behind me, but there are still things that come up. And so I can imagine those people, um, those people listening today who are going to be triggered this month from, you know, what they experienced when they were little kids, um, I just want to tell you this is normal <laughs> and you will get through it and God is good and he is always greater than any trauma that you have experienced. I love how you say that. One of the most profound things I've ever heard is from a four-year-old in SRA and she was comforting her mom as she was disclosing and her mom was obviously very distraught and she says, don't worry, mommy. When they start hurting me, Jesus takes me to heaven. Hmm. So even in the midst of a ritual, God is there. And, and that blows a lot of people's mind. But even there, God is getting us through it. God is making a way. And if he can do that for a four-year-old, and he certainly did us as adults because we're here, so he got us through that. He got you through all of the trauma that you got through, which was all satanic 
sure. at its core. Yes. Yes, you know, of course. <laughs> all of this is satanic. So God in his love and in his faithfulness is with us through what we get through. Now we would like him to just go and lightning bolts start hitting people and, you know, frying yeah. them. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Why it goes the way it goes, I don't know, but he is there and he is faithful. One of the things that I keep coming back to, which touches on what you just said, is I've been doing a rapid read through the Bible for the past couple of years. So I'll read it in either two or three months. I'll just go through it fast. And what that does for me is it helps me get a whole idea of the narrative of scripture. And one of the things that just keeps sticking out to me is God's gift of free will to humanity. And, you know, we ask the question, well, why, why can't he just vanquish all that now? And that will come, but because he loves us and he wants us to love him in return, he gives us that gift of free will. And unfortunately people abuse that and they take their free will and they do evil things. And so I can't pretend to understand the whole counsel of God. I can't pretend to understand why little children are hurt. And I still have those questions. I'm holding them in tension between the nature of God, who I know versus just the injustice of it. And, and I just want to say to people, if you're still questioning that and you have a hard time understanding why it didn't cease, um, which is a logical question for especially those of us who are parents. If we knew something was happening to our child, we would take them out of that situation. Um, it's okay to have that tension. It is normal. And we're not living in the, the new heavens and the new earth yet. We are living, uh, obviously expanding God's kingdom and bringing light into the darkness, darkness and poking holes in the darkness, all those things. Yes. But there still is a very re real enemy of our souls who still is influencing humanity in bad elements of humanity to do bad things. And ultimately over all of that is God's love for humanity to give them that free will. Now that doesn't say that he doesn't judge people. Even now we, when we moved to France as missionaries, we ended up selling our house to a con man that we met in a Bible study <laughs> and we lost everything. Like he took everything from us. And a couple of years later, he just dropped dead. <laughs> so I was kind of like, okay, there we go. <laughs> so sometimes that does happen. And even when I went back to look for my abusers, when I was, you know, a five-year-old, um, they, I was able to locate one of them, but he had blessedly died. <laughs> so I didn't have to participate or deal with like the fear of, is he doing this to other people right now? Um, so I do think that there's measures of that, but we still, it's okay to hold it in tension to not have the answer to that question yet. I think that's a really good place to go because a lot of people hold God responsible for not stopping it. Yeah. And sometimes we have to just say, I don't have to have that answer yet. I like to look at Eden as the way God set things up to be. That was his intention for us. It sure. was perfect. It was no, there was no evil there. And when the devil slithered in with his sly misquotes of the Bible and his confusion, he brought in sin. And since then we've been out of God's perfect plan. So this that we're living in is not God's perfect plan. It is not his construct. And that's what, has solved it for me personally. It does not solve it for everybody. Everybody has to go through it on their own. 
Yeah. And that's where theology is important of understanding that God's heart is that none would perish, that all would come to repentance. And so he has this perfect, beautiful plan that does involve villains. And um, I think it's important we get to that place in our walk with God and in our healing journey that we understand that our job isn't to punish the villains in our life, but to praise the one who's victorious over them all. And that to me has been a great paradigm shift because as a justice girl, <laughs> I love justice. And when there is injustice, I jump in, I think pri primarily because of my background. And I would imagine a many, many of your listeners has that same kind of like, not on my watch. I'm not going to let this happen. Um, so that's super good. And I think that's part of what God is doing. Um, but I think there's also just this beauty of understanding that he is the God of justice and he will take vengeance. And we may not always understand the plan of God, um, but he is a good father who loves his children. So again, I just give people permission to, to wrestle in the middle of that because it's very normal to do so. And I, I hate it when I hear people you know, just kind of cliche it, like all things work together for the good and blah, blah, blah. you know, just, I, that's true. That is in the Bible, but it is an unkind thing to say to someone who's walking through trauma and recovery. <clears throat> so as we are going through October, there's going to be a lot of flashbacks. There's going to be a lot of, uh, dissociated parts making their way to the surface. So as a person is feeling very dysregulated, what are some go-to scriptures that they can find? You know, I often go to second Corinthians 12, nine and 10, that talks about his grace being sufficient for us, for his power is made perfect in our weakness. And then Paul goes on to say, I most, I would rather boast and most gladly, therefore <laughs> about my weaknesses that the power of Christ would dwell in me. And he says, I'm well content with weaknesses, insults, distresses, persecutions, difficulties for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And so instead of viewing that as a negative thing, having that flashback or whatever, it's actually an avenue to say to the Lord, I cannot do this. I am brokenhearted. I lack strength and I lack the ability to combat this, but you promise that your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Your strength is not made perfect in my strength. Your strength is not made perfect in me perfectly handling this. Your strength is made perfect when I admit my weakness. So that trigger is a gateway to the presence of God. I like that because for survivors, there's so much shame and weakness. I should not be having this trigger. I should not be having this PTSD moment. I should be over this. I should be just looking forward. I should be in the moment. Well, I love, you know, again, we'll go back to some Corinthian verses about um, Paul saying, God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And those shoulds that we say over ourselves are not helpful um, because later Paul talks about the church and its body and there, there are parts of it that are unseemly or there are weaker parts. And I would contend that what he's getting at is that the weaker parts are the most important parts of the body of Christ. And he talks about those parts of our bodies that we cover, um, those are very important and they're necessary for the body. And so I have told church leaders 
that instead of looking at people who have been victims of terrible things as a liability on the churches, which is what they have done in the past, to see them as their tutors to teach them about the presence and power and healing of Jesus Christ. I think we're missing out. And I think that's the problem. Like when we're victims or victimized of others, we think we're lesser than in the church when actually God raises up the broken and he does big things in small folks. <laughs> Um, and we are actually a benefit and worthy of covering and honor because of the horrific journey that we've walked through. What about, I'm thinking of survivors that are stuck in their homes. You know, they've been so worn down that they're mm -hmm. stuck in bedrooms, they're stuck in houses, they cannot go out. So they're listening to you and they're saying, not me. I just want to say, I'm so sorry. And that what happened to you to bring you to that place is untenable and horrific. Um, the thing that is frustrating to me that the Lord has taught me over the years that um, has been one of the hardest things that I've had to do is he has shown me and it's, it is in scripture as well, but that the avenue toward healing from a relational wound is a relationship. In other words, what wounds us is what heals us. And so if we close ourselves off from other human beings, we will close ourselves off from the healing that God has for us. That's why he created the church. Now, that doesn't mean that you go out and you just start sharing with anybody your horrible story. It means that, first of all, you might consider writing it all down on a piece of paper so it's outside of your body. And then pray about somebody in your life who is safe. And they are people who have demonstrated safety, kindness, and trustworthiness over a period of time, not somebody you just met, but consider giving them and letting them read that in your presence, not out loud, but just to read it quietly so that one other human being on the earth is carrying that burden. And of course, what, you know, what's happening here in this podcast, in this ministry is allowing you to be connected to other people who have your same story, which is really unique, and you won't have to feel so alone anymore. Once you begin that relational healing with another person who understands and is kind-hearted, that's when you'll begin to take those tiny little toe steps, you know, into touching into the water of the big bad world, but you can't do it without that healing first. And um, I would just say, find a trustworthy person and unload your burden. I love that. How do we begin to walk out of fear? <laughs> well, I just want to say that first of all, there's a reason that God says fear not all those times in the Bible, because it is our, it's like our primary presenting sin. Um, and it's, it's an emotion too. So I'm not going to just say it's only sin, but, um, First of all, it's justified. A lot of us have been through terrifying things and I will be hyper vigilant for the rest of my life. Just the other day, I was walking in my very, very safe neighborhood and a strange person dr drove up next to me and had a weird conversation with me. I was with my dog, but she's the kind that wouldn't protect me. She just licked the stranger and welcomed them into our lives. So, but on my way home from that walk, I was thinking constantly about where's my avenue of escape? Who could I call to keep me safe? And I was just hyper vigilant. So there is that aspect of things that is kind of the part of trauma that keeps on giving. It's that gift that keeps on giving. 
But I guess what I would say in scripturally, what I have learned to do, and I'm not perfect in this. And I, like I said, I just had a situation this week is to remind myself of the scriptures and of God's faithfulness to take care. And I know that he hasn't promised me a safe life from here on out, but he has promised me his presence. I had just a quick story about that. I had this misconception when I was in my twenties because I had been with Jesus for about five years at that time. And I'd had such a traumatic upbringing that I basically made a deal with God and said, okay, Lord, I've had this horrible upbringing, but you owe me a good and easy and stress-free life for the rest of my life. And so when I lost my very first pregnancy to an ectopic pregnancy, which put all my fertility into question, I could have lost my life, you know, all that. I was just livid, like, no, Lord, you didn't, you know, keep up your end of the bargain. And, and he's like, whose bargain is this? And so I think we have that, you know, kind of disappointment with God of that. He didn't live up to what we wanted him to do. And I had to get to that place of God is big enough to hear my complaints, obviously, and his presence will always be with me. And that has helped me to endure when that fear kind of rises up in me. Now, all that to say, there's also medication. If you are in a panicking situation, there's good counsel out there. So there's other things other than your Christian walk that will help you. Um, and then, of course, the thing that I tend to lean on the most is when I get into that fearful place, I have a prayer team and I alert them and say, pray, pray, or I will be with people and say, I need you to lay hands on me and pray for me. I think having a team around you that you can trust and you can send those SOS signals to is key. Mm -hmm. And it is a spirit of fear. So that can attack you out of nowhere. Yeah. It, Left and, field. <laughs> yeah. I like to finding all the scriptures I can on something. So fear is coming, finding scriptures on fear, but then the opposite, finding spirit, scriptures on courage, and then just start mm -hmm. writing them out and memorizing them or putting them on note cards and putting them around my house so that I see them. I was, when I first got married, I was convinced my husband was going to die. I don't know mm -hmm. why, but it was completely shutting me down. I was convinced that it was fact. And then I finally you know, after crying for a whole weekend when he was gone on some kind of a job interview, I'm like, okay, this is just stupid. <laughs> so I scoured the Bible for every scripture I can find with long life. He will satisfy you and show you his salvation. I wrote them all out and I just went over them and over them and over them until I was convinced of it. And I haven't been afraid of it since. And we've been married mm -hmm. 30 some years now. So the word of God is powerful for like whatever is trying to put itself on us. You know, fear tries to climb onto us. And, you know, with our background, you know, the fear, like death was always in front of us. We saw yes. it. It was, you know, we were one step away from it every ritual. So, you know, it was a fact of our life, but we're out of it now. And I think like for you, you had as an adult with the guy in the car next to you and you were planning your exit strategies. As an adult, you had those abilities that you didn't have as that five-year-old. Mm -hmm. Where we're adults now, we have abilities that we did not have as children that were taken to these rituals by our parents, our uncles, our grandparents, whoever was doing it. I think remembering that we're adults 
remembering mm -hmm. that there are, are abilities that we never had before is really important. To, you know, to see ourselves yeah. as big mm -hmm. and not little in these and moments. not helpless, right? Because you know, we aren't. Right. We're not. And we've got all these weapons at our disposal. And, you know, something you said about writing those verses down, I just kind of made a, a connection there that um, I've been doing that for my whole life. But um, as an artist, I have been illustrating scripture for the past several years and people can find that at uh, my website, but there's an extra link. So you can go to marydemuth.com slash art. And I have four packs of scripture cards. So there's 31 in each pack and it's they're each illustrated. Um, and so if you do want to just put scripture around your house, either doing something like that or illustrating scripture yourself um, in whichever way you want to is such a beautiful way of visually representing it as well as putting it in your heart. And I think, you know, maybe what you just said is a huge confirmation to me about why I do what I'm doing um, in the art world. In it's because I love scripture so much, of course, but that it's been there in every crucial and critical time where, when I have been afraid. And you're making a declaration to the enemy. I'm not buying what you're trying to sell me. Exactly. I'm not taking your fear. I'm not taking whatever it is you're trying to convince me of. And yeah. we are survivors of the abuses that were foisted on us as children. And we walked out. I, I don't think he ever intended for us to walk out. I should not be here today. And I know that there's a lot of people that are listening here today that know that to be true about themselves too. There is no way I should be alive. There's no way that I should be okay. There's no way that I can minister to others. None of that is possible without Jesus. And so we all have, we're, we're part of the fellowship of the rescued. And so in light of that, God uses us broken folks to shed light on the darkness in this world. And there's a lot of it. Um, it's not unconquerable. Uh, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. I mean, we know that God is bigger, but um, you made it. And this is something to rejoice in. And when you're in bed at night and you hear those voices that you're not worth anything, those are lies from the pit of hell, because look where you have come. This, we go through this every year. Right? We've you know, I've been doing this ministry for about four years now. Mm. So every year we come up to October and we kind of know now what to expect. And we're kind of getting everybody ready. And, you know, we're, you know, kind of know what's coming. What I want to present now is I don't want us to just make it through. Mm -hmm. I want this to be a season where we start declaring that, we are now done with this. We are not going to take just getting past. We're going to get up and we're going to start running and taking what God has given us because mm -hmm. there is strength inside of us that God is through that four-year-old saying, God takes mm -hmm. me to heaven. When you're up in heaven, there are things that you are learning that nobody else gets. Mm -hmm. Who else gets to go to heaven? You know, when they're four. Nobody gets to go to heaven when they're four. I mean, that you learn stuff when you're up there. You know, it's amazing. So let's take those things that God gave us in the midst of whatever abuse we went through. And let's stand into that, that destiny that God's given us to be where we are now. 
and let's stand up in that strength and start walking in who we are. We are victors. We are children of God of the most high King Mm -hmm. who is bigger than all of this. You know, the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. Well, he didn't kill, steal or destroy us, but Mm -hmm. God comes to give us life and give us life more abundantly. Well, we're living in the life more abundantly because here we are. So let's walk out this October and November and December and January and at a higher level than we've ever walked before in healing and in being a child of God, not in, not an abuse survivor, Mm -hmm. but a victor, a warrior. And Mm -hmm. I think we can do that. Yeah. I think there can be a paradigm shift from, um, some one time, uh, someone who's kind of an intercessor was praying for me and they gave me this phraseology that kind of fits right in with what you're saying. Um, they said, I see that you have moved from a victim to a carrier of light. And I think that's a good moniker. That's a good phraseology for all of us. You have moved from victim to carrier of light. You are now carrying the torch of God's light into those dark spaces and you're reclaiming territory. I like that. And I think not just reclaiming, but I think taking territory that's never Mm -hmm. been. Yeah. Let's go farther. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we're, you know, this is an end times battle going on. It's an all out enemy versus God sort of thing. We had Scott Allen on a podcast earlier that's resonated with a lot of my viewers. And he had this vision of a control room. And God was shaking the dials of culture and Hollywood and government and politics and everything. And then he got to the Luciferian system and it was hardly shaking at all. And then God had him speak. I call a shaking to this, the Luciferian kingdom. And it was starting to go a little bit. And he told me that, um, you know, we were supposed to start speaking to that and that I was the only person who had called him for an interview. And he asked God why that was. And he said, because the SRAs were the ones that were the most hurt by the Luciferian kingdom. Mm -hmm. And he was, they were the ones that he wanted to start the shaking. So God has called us to start some very important things. So I believe that we have a very important call of God and that we can do this. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think that's, that's perfect and beautiful. And who better to battle in that realm than those who have been, you know, on the inside, they know what's going on. They know tactics, they know all those things. Wonderful. Can you leave us with one of your favorite peace scriptures? Um, Peace, I leave with you. Um, Not as the world gives, do I give to you. So don't let your hearts be troubled. I think that's, I'm, I'm probably misquoting it, but Jesus is saying those words to the disciples and, um, he is that Prince of peace. He is the one that gives us peace that the world doesn't give. And I think that's such an important reminder for all of us to run to the pre the Prince of peace. Yeah. His peace doesn't make sense with the situation, which I like. Mm-hmm. And I want everybody listening to have peace through this month and through the next four months. Yes. Yep. Can you leave us with a prayer? Absolutely. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity just to have a good conversation about your greatness, your power, your ability to use the broken people of the world to shame the wise. And I pray um, for a mantle of um, advancement instead of retreat. 
and I pray for a holy anger against the the princi- uh, principalities and the pieces of darkness that are out there, an anger against it for the sake of you and your glory and for the sake of those who are in entrapped right now. Lord, I pray that this would not be a triggering time, but a time of advancement, victory, warfare, and hope. Lord, you are the God of hope. We are we stand on solid biblical hope because you have promised us that you've given us your Holy Spirit. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You are with us to the very end of the age. And therefore, we, um, we don't have to lose hope. Though our outer person is decaying, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And so we don't need to fret about that. Every day we have the opportunity for our souls to prosper and to grow. And Lord, I pray that you would bring uh, light into dark places. I pray that you would raise up people out of their beds, out of their bedrooms, out of their houses, into this world to bring hope and light and healing. Lord, for those who have need of further healing, which I think 100% of us do, I pray that you would... um, just bring a new level and a new layer of healing. You asked the person who um, was lame at the pool of Bethsaida and you asked, would you like to get well? And he never answered and you still um, healed him. Lord, but I want to, I want us to answer. I want us to answer with a resounding, yes, I do want to get well. And I know that you're so gracious and kind um, to do that for us. And so we trust you for that. Um, We know that you are greater than anything else. And so we worship you and we praise you and we place our lives in your hands in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Mary. If you can, again, you can find her at www.marydemuth.com and I will have her link in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you.